Hey all y'all beautiful creepsters, this is Wendy from Wilmington, North Carolina, and you're listening to A Paranormal Chicks. Hey y'all, I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are A Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 112. And y'all just heard the intro by the birthday girl, Wendy S. Today is her birthday. Happy birthday! So, Wendy is actually one of the ones who won the chance to introduce an episode because we had some creepsters who didn't want to do it as part of their tier. You know, sometimes people just don't want to hear their voice. So, we did a contest thing, giveaway, not a contest, a giveaway, on the Facebook group, and Wendy was one of the ones who won. So, not only did she win... It actually worked out on her freaking birthday. Synchronicity. So happy birthday, Wendy. And if you want to introduce an episode of Sinister Sightings, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Okay, the first one. I love listening to you ladies. I have a little experience I want to share with you. Several years ago, my cousin, her husband, and their two small children lived in a very old house. Both parents worked third shift, so I would stay with the kids while they worked. One particular night, after the nine-month-old had gone to sleep, the four-year-old asked me to lay down with him. So I did, and after several minutes, he asked me to get his chocolate milk off the play table that was sitting at the foot of his bed. I freaking love chocolate milk. Not chocolate milk that's been sitting out. Oh, no. I don't like anything that's been sitting out. I told him to get it, in which he replied, No, that man will get me. I asked him, what man? He said, that man, as he pointed to the foot of the bed. I assured him there was no one there in the room, but all of a sudden, the cup of chocolate milk fell from the table and spilled. Needless to say, me and both kids stayed in the living room until the parents got home from work the next morning. Creep it real, Ashley R. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, uh uh-uh. First of all, milk, spoiled milk in the carpet, I don't even know if it's carpet, but I'm picturing carpet, not trying to clean that shit up with a man that's not supposed to be in the room staring at me. No. All I can think about is don't cry over spilled milk. (laughs) I don't know why. Oh, gosh. But yeah, no, 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 no. Mm -mm. Don't want no invisible man. In a few years, I might settle for that, but uh, right now, I don't want any. I mean, I just don't understand why he had to go and knock some shit over. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. we, uh, fine. Like, you're here. We get it. Sheesh. (laughs) Ugh. That's so... mm -mm. Okay, the next one. Hi, ladies and Will. My name is Joy, and I'm from New Hampshire. You can totally say my real name and location. I want to start off by letting you both know listening to your podcast is one of my weekly routines. You've helped me through some tough times, especially during this shit show of a year. I'm also part of the Facebook group, and it's one of the most supportive groups of people I've never met. Love, love, love you ladies. A little about me. I've always believed in spirits. I guess due to the stories my mom, whose name is also Donna, would tell my siblings and me about the houses she grew up in. I can send those in another time. Also, I have two brothers, Nathaniel, which we've always called Bubby, and DJ, and a sister, Mary Ann, and you can use their real names. In the late 80s, early 90s, my father bought my great-grandmother's beach cottage in Seabrook, New Hampshire from my grandpa Bill for $1. 
Her name was Annie, and she was loved in the community, and she was close friends with the local priest, even named my grandfather after his church. The cottage was built in the 1700s and had never been renovated. When you walked in the front door, there was a small hallway. On the right, Annie's piano room. You were only allowed in if she really liked you. Seriously, though, she only let some family and the priest in that room. A little further down to the left was the living room. Straight ahead, kitchen. Then another door on the right was her bedroom and bathroom at the end of the house. There was an attic with two small rooms and the ceiling was super low, not even six feet high with old beams exposed. Actually, the whole house had exposed beams. Oh, my favorite. Right? Marianne and I shared the piano room. DJ had Annie's bedroom. Bubby had the attic. And my parents slept in the living room while my dad worked on the house. I remember my dad starting on renovations a week before we moved in and literally didn't stop until he sold the house in early 2000. Let's just say he would start one project and then another and never finish any. When we moved out, the house was about five different colors on the outside. All right, now on to my stories. Picture it. It was the summer of 1989, no AC, just a giant antique ceiling fan in the living room, and my parents are settling in for the night. They turn off the tube TV and the ceiling light fan and are laying down on the mattress when all of a sudden the light turns back on. The rocking chair started going back and forth. The TV guide started flipping through pages. They assumed it was Annie and went to bed. The activity was nonstop when we moved in, and I remember my mom saying Annie wasn't happy my dad was renovating. It could be any time during the day or night. There was always something happening. One of the most constant things Annie would do was knock shave and a haircut two bits on the wall. Everyone heard it all the time, and it wasn't in a specific room. It was throughout the whole house. The lights were always turning off and on. You would hear doors open and close to look up to see nothing change. And we would always hear someone walking around the house. One Christmas, my mom buys us a Ouija board. Now picture this. A bunch of kids messing around with the Ouija board, clearly having no idea what in the hell we're fucking around with. Just imagine the shit show of activity at this point. The presents started feeling darker in the house, especially in DJ's room. He's the youngest, so maybe that's why the darker spirit wouldn't leave him alone. Not really sure, but he would always see a shadow figure with red eyes in his doorway. He told me that it got to the point where he was so used to seeing the shadow figure that it turned itself into a little girl with black eyes in a flowing gray dress. DJ and I are 21 months apart and were either best friends when we were little or nonstop fighting. He had bunk beds in his room, and when we were getting along, I'd sleep on the bottom bunk. The last time I ever slept in his room, I think I was around eight or nine. And I don't know if you would call this sleep paralysis, or maybe the evil spirit decided to fuck with me instead of him this time. Anyway, I'm having this dream, and in the dream, there's a girl staring at me. She has shoulder-length, straight black hair with bangs to her eyebrows and black eyes. I could actually feel her stare. Then she opens her mouth and a snake-like tongue comes out of her mouth and nostrils. Fucking weird, right? Mm-hmm. In my dream, I'm holding my favorite black purse and I swing it at her. I feel the purse hit her and it wakes me up. It's morning now and DJ is still asleep, so I get up. And I'm about to go into the kitchen 
when something stops me in the doorway. I can't make this part up even if I wanted to. This thing had my sister's long hair and bangs, but the face had black eyes and looked like my neighbor. He was the same age as me and a little shit. It had a big beer belly with no shirt on, with random tattoos all over its arm and stomach. I've only told a couple of people about this because it legit seems crazy, but the thing fucking spoke to me. It had a weird voice and I can't exactly remember what it said, but it made a negative comment about my future. Like, you'll never go anywhere in life. And I remember giving it a dirty look and saying, oh yeah, who the hell are you? At this point, Bubby's coming down the stairs and is like, who are you talking to? I look over at him for a split second, then back to in front of me and the thing's gone. I say nothing, of course, because who would believe what I just saw? I have no doubt that us messing around with the Ouija board definitely brought in some evil shit. But the older we got and the more we ignored it, the activity did eventually go away. Anyway, these are my stories for now. I have tons more I can send in, my own and my family's. Thank you, ladies, for all you do. Joy from New Hampshire. Okay, for the record, shaving a haircut two bits is this. Because I had this long discussion one day at work about this, and nobody fucking knew what it was. And I was like, are y'all kidding me? Y'all never heard this? Okay, so just in case, nobody knows what they're talking about. It goes, shaving a haircut two bits. Two bits is like two quarters. Like, Two bits, four bits, six bits, a dollar. Hey, all four of us and up and holler. So it's not a quarter. Two bits, four bits, six bits, a dollar. It's like 15 cents. You trying to do math from bits. I'm just saying it's what it is. Stick with us. We'll teach you something kind of. <laughs> <laughs> we'll teach you half truths. That's 100% true. <laughs> also... Stay away from fucking Ouija boards is all I gotta mm-hmm. say. Um, yeah. Hey, if I don't fuck with Ouija boards. Mm-mm. No, but I really thought you were gonna say that when you got up in the doorway was your purse. Like, where you had flung it at it. Yeah. And so, But then you started to, to describe it, and I was like, nope, this is worse than a purse. Worse than the purse. Alright, the next one is called Sinister Sightings. A whole saga. Hello, I love the podcast. Okay, they didn't put that much emphasis on it, but I did. People who send in their stories to you always say their stories are long, but ladies, I have a whole saga for you. Bear with me. Picture it. Virginia, 2016-17-ish. Quick backstory. I grew up in a neighborhood that used to be an old plantation. I've always been a bit sensitive to energies, and I had a ton of paranormal experiences in the house I grew up in. The house itself was only built in the 60s, so I always wondered if the land itself was active instead of the house. Flash forward to the time of my story. I was about 28 and moved into an apartment right across the street from my old neighborhood. This apartment was tiny but super cute. When I first moved in, my ex was living with me. We'll call him Stuart. The second week we lived there, I got into bed early while Stuart stayed in the living room to play video games. I was still wide awake and rolled over in bed to get comfortable when I noticed someone standing next to my bed. Naturally, I assumed it was Stuart and looked up to see what he wanted. The figure just looked like a solid black shadow of a person standing next to my bed, clearly leering over me and watching. As I'm registering in my mind that this figure does not have any features and is solid black, 
I distinctly hear Stuart talking into his gaming headset in the other room, and I now know this figure is not him. You'd think I would have been freaked out, but I've had a lot of paranormal experiences, and honestly, I just wasn't getting a terrible vibe at the time. It just seemed curious. I figured, this thing lived here first. Maybe it just wants to see what I'm about. So, I let it. I turned over and went to sleep. Over the next few months, little things happened. Nothing crazy. Things I did my best to write off. Stuart insisted he could hear knocking on the bathroom door. Three knocks, to be exact. I would get kind of a weird feeling from the bathroom door being open when we were going to bed. The bathroom was right off the bedroom, so I would close it at night. Sometimes I'd feel like something was watching me from the corner of our bedroom. One night, about 2 or 3 a.m., I had to do a middle-of-the-night potty run. I went to open the door, and it was locked from the inside. Y'all, we had to get the toolbox and dismantle the whole doorknob to get into the bathroom so I could pee. We spent the next hour trying to figure out how we could have done this on accident, but I still don't see how we could have done it the way the lock was. Eventually, my ex moved out, and this was when things started to escalate. One night, I was sleeping, and I left some music quietly playing on my tablet on the nightstand to the right of my bed. I did this every night for years for the noise. It helped me sleep. In the middle of the night, the volume on my tablet went from very soft and quiet to blaring 100% volume. Scared the shit out of me, y'all. I thought, maybe my cat knocked something. But he was laying down by my feet to the left and looked just as freaked out as I was. I thought maybe I had knocked it in my sleep. But I was sleeping on the left side of the bed and had to roll over and scoot to even reach the tablet to turn it back down. I looked all around the tablet and literally nothing was near it or the volume buttons. It was weird, but I still tried to write it off. Just to be safe, I stopped sleeping with the music and switched to using a fan. This is about the time the nightmare started, though. At first, I didn't remember the dreams. I would just wake up in the middle of the night, screaming bloody murder. I've never had night terrors, so this was new for me. About twice a week, I'd wake up screaming. I started remembering my dreams after a while, and they would be crazy realistic. One night, I dreamt that spiders were coming down from my ceiling onto my face. I woke up screaming and swatting the air, but there was nothing there when I came to. Then I saw her. I will say this was a dream, but it was so realistic, I'm not sure I can even call it that. The way the light came through the window in my dream was the exact way it came through my window once I woke up completely. And I still felt her presence when I awoke. In this, quote, dream, I was in bed and felt someone watching me. I lifted my head up and looked in the corner of the bedroom, the corner that always makes me feel uneasy, and I saw this old, knobby, evil-looking woman with stringy white hair and dirty, tattered clothes. This bitch looked straight-up, stereotypical, witchy-ass ghost from a movie. She was looking right at me and took off running in a full sprint towards me with her hands outstretched. Her face was so intense like she was getting a vicious thrill from tormenting me. 
Right as she reached me, I woke up screaming, sitting completely upright and physically punching the air like I was in a street fight. It was legitimately terrifying. I knew this woman was real. She wasn't just a dream. Weeks and weeks went by and I continued having weird nightmares that would leave me screaming. I can't imagine what my neighbors thought. I didn't see the woman in the dreams again until one night. Again, I felt someone watching me, this time from next to the bed. I looked up and standing in the same spot as the black shadow person I saw the second week in the apartment was the craggly old lady bitch with the same twisted look on her face, like she was enjoying my torture. As soon as I saw her, she reaches up her arms and starts to scratch at me wildly. Again, I wake up screaming and fighting the air, punching at nothing. This time, though, I had had it. This bitch wants to fuck up my sleep? No. So I start cursing her out. I told her I wasn't fucking afraid of her. She isn't fucking welcome here. And she needs to get the fuck out of my damn apartment. Then I noticed the room is ice cold. I had central air and I kept it at 72 degrees year round. But this room was six cents style, can see my own breath cold. So I yelled and stop making my room so damn cold. Pulled my comforter and slammed myself back into bed to get some revenge sleep. I mean, I kind of welcome that level of cold. I mean, not the ghost that brings it, but I mean, the cold I'm here for. That weekend, I had two friends come over. We'll call them Claudia and Sarah. I hadn't seen them in a while, and this was their first time at my new place. I didn't even think to mention the literal demon ghost witch lady tormenting my dreams because we had a ton of other stuff to catch up on. We ate dinner, watched a movie, and they left, and that was that. I didn't mention the ghost at that time, and honestly, nothing else really happened with it the next few weeks. Or so I thought. A few weeks later, I got a text from Sarah saying she needs to talk to me. She knew I was into paranormal stuff, and she'd been having a problem at her place the last few weeks. What she told me made my jaw drop. She said a few weeks earlier, maybe a few days or so after she saw me, she was sleeping at her place. She lived alone at the time when she heard her front porch door open and someone start to walk through her living room, then down her hallway. In her head, she thought maybe it was her landlord and she started to get pissed. Like, why would he come up in her house in the middle of the night without knocking? Who does he think he is? And she's having all these thoughts. She realizes that while she can kind of move her head, her body is completely paralyzed. The footsteps are coming down her hallway and getting closer and closer until they come to the doorway of her bedroom. She looks at the doorway and in walks an old, knobby, witch-looking woman with long, white, stringy hair. Sarah literally described the same woman I saw to a T. And what does that mean? demon bitch do she walks over to the side of sarah's bed and leers over her and watches her with a sinister sneer sarah says she was terrified and it felt like forever sarah told me that ever since that night she has felt something in her house sarah and claudia were a couple and claudia insisted that when she stayed over for a few nights she felt like someone was watching her in or from the bathroom Y'all, I fell out. I told them all about what had been happening at my place and the lady I saw in my room, 
all of it. It dawned on us that this thing must have followed them home from my place because really I hadn't had a single incident since then. And that was when it all started for them. And now I know it isn't all just in my head. I told them to Google whatever crystals they need to purchase because we're fitting to get rid of this thing. We had no idea what we were doing, but we were willing to try whatever. We opened all of her windows and doors and saged the shit out of her place while Sarah cursed the thing out to leave because it was her house. We then saged ourselves outside and saged my car for good measure so old homegirl didn't try to catch a ride back to my place. Then I saged my place just in case. And that was it. Claudia, Sarah, and I never had another experience with that old woman. My apartment felt fine the entire rest of the two years I lived there. Claudia moved into Sarah's place. They both still live there to this day and say it feels completely fine now. Thanks for listening to my wild ride. I have a ton of other stories. Maybe I'll send them in one day, but this one was definitely the most ongoing and intense, so I had to share. Keep up the great work with the podcast. Cat, it's okay to use my name. Whoa. Well, aren't y'all nice? I went straight to like ring style. Well, guess it's time for a dinner party at their house and get it to follow someone else home. Damn. I'm, I'm terrible at that. I was like, oh yeah. Or just banish it for good. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're like, oh, old lady's gone. Where's she been? Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> sorry. Man, you legit, like, you really do, like, get so excited because you're like, oh man, I hadn't seen that bitch in a while. Oh, get rid of my friend. But at least you helped him. Yes. How scary is that? Listening to the footsteps get closer, then to your door, and you can't move. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, uh uh. Like, enter, like, process and realize wait, I can't move. Yeah, don't like it. Don't like it. But I did like your story, and I do want you to send all the other ones. The next one's called The Seer Bowl. Hi, Donna and Carrie. First of all, I'm so glad Donna's feeling better and recovering. I had a health problem a few years ago when I developed atrial fibrillation. So I know how scared she would have been, and I just want to give her big virtual hugs. Well, thank you. Right back at you with the virtual hugs. My story today is just a brief one and probably doesn't make much sense, but it was weird, so I'll share. I'm an Aussie. Good day. How you doing, mate? Fair dinkum. I've never heard of fair dinkum. No, me neither. Okay. Crikey and all of that good stuff. I love crikey. I do love Cracky, but fair dinkum. I mean, I might really be butchering that, and by might, 100, um, but I've never heard of that. I do know that y'all like Vegemite, and you didn't mention that. <laughs> well, I was sitting with my sister one day, and we were just chatting when, out of nowhere, this thin streak of smoke rose up from between us. I thought she was smoking, which was weird because we were inside, But I could see both of her hands and there was no cigarette and no smell. I guess that's not too creepy, but the creepy part is that I was in a really bad time in my life around this time. While my sister was chatting, I closed my eyes because I was so anxious and sad and I prayed to God to please help me feel better. I said, God, maybe I'm depressed or something. Maybe I'm possessed. If I am, please get rid of it. Let me live my life again. And it was only seconds later that this stream of smoke rose up. My sister saw it first 
In fact, the only reason I opened my eyes was because she went quiet all of a sudden. And when I opened my eyes, she was looking up at the smoke. I thought the smoke was rising up from her lap. She insists it came from me. I don't know, but it was kind of a creepy one and something I've always remembered. I can usually explain away paranormal stuff, but this one I just couldn't because she saw it too. Oh, and one more before I go. I used to live in Tassie, Australia, and one day I was sitting on the veranda when I looked up and saw a twister. It hadn't touched the ground and disappeared moments later. This is not normal in Australia. We don't really get twisters, especially in Tasmania. I think I might have been dreaming with my eyes open, though, because I had just had a baby and was so sleep-deprived. Plus, the night before, I'd woken up to find Simon Cowell in a bikini standing by my bed asking me if I wanted a pina colada and telling me he'd just called Dumbledore and Dobby about a threesome later. Babies. They can really drive you crazy. Uh, Did you take Ambien? I was about to say, that sounds like Ambien. (laughs) If that's what a baby does, I don't want it. If that's what Ambien does, she kind of (laughs) does. I mean, if threesomes, okay. Dumbledore, Dobby, Donna, it all goes. You love an alliteration. (laughs) I do. I hope you enjoyed my weird experiences, and I'd love to know what you think. About the smoke, not the weird fantasy threesome. Well, we told you about that. Yeah, that's the part that we commented on. I mean, know your audience here. (laughs) Have a good one and peace out. Sersha from Melbourne. Okay, I was so confident that it was Sersha, but then she said it's pronounced Sersha. I suck. But to top it off, Carrie just told me it's Melbourne. Not Melbourne. Well, not Melbourne. So, I was all fucked up. Well, I'm not going to think I know anything about this story. So, I have no idea what to tell you about that. But I do have a question. Did you feel better after that experience? Like, did it lift you out of whatever you were going through or anything like that? That's interesting, though, that your sister saw it, too, though. It's not just like... Oh, wow. What's that? You know, like, I don't know. Your sister saw it too. So, yeah. Something. And exactly like Donna said, did you feel better? And if you did, then even if we never know what it is, which we probably won't, that's all that matters. You felt better. Okay. The next one. Hey, friends. I've been listening to the podcast from the beginning, and I've talked about growing up in a haunted house in the watch parties, but I haven't sent in a story until now. This is not about the house I grew up in, it's about the house I live in now. I bought this house about five years ago and have never had an even slightly creepy feeling in here. In fact, it's been the exact opposite. The second I walked through the front door, I felt calm, peaceful, and like I was truly home. Then, the last couple of weeks, things started to get weird. The house is old, built by hand in 1899. Bedroom doors were an afterthought, so they don't have real locks, just the hook and eye type that you usually find on cabinets. A couple of weekends ago, my seven-year-old woke up and came out to the kitchen where I was making coffee. How did you lock my door from the inside last night? Weird, since I hadn't locked his door, and definitely not from the inside. I just figured that he had done it before bed and went to bed and forgot about it. 
Fast forward a few nights and I put him to bed, make sure he's asleep, and go about cleaning up the house. I have to open his door to get to the basement door. Again, super old house with a really strange layout to do laundry. I turn the knob and push, but the door sticks. So I push harder and hear the eye part of the lock pull from the door frame and clink onto the floor. The fucking door was locked again, and I know that he didn't do it this time because he was sound asleep just a few minutes before and still was when I walked through the door. This happened one more time a couple of days ago when he wasn't even in the house. This time, I pulled the lock off the door and put it in the drawer, and this weekend, I will be cleansing the house. I have no idea what's happening or why, but I really need it to stop. I'll update you if anything else happens, and eventually send in those stories from my childhood. Love you both and the entire Creepster family you've created. I also just canceled my Amazon Music subscription so I could join Patreon instead. A much better way to spend my money. Sorry if this is long, but I had to share. Keep up the amazing work, Jill. Question, Jill. Are you sure no one's living in the basement? Right? That's... That's... Because, uh... Hmm. I think she would rather a ghost than a guest. Unwelcomed. That locks her seven-year-old's door? Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, let us know how the cleansing went. Did it stop? We have to know. Yes. And again, honestly, thank you for your support. Yes. Oh my God, yes. Okay. Y'all, I am so sorry. I'm writing this in a panic because I'm so excited to share this news with you. I just listened to your episode about Ruby Ridge and Randy Weaver, and I was invested in it the moment you mentioned Iowa, since that's where I was born, raised, and still currently reside. I was mentioning this story to a cousin of mine who lives in Jefferson, Iowa, and she said that Randy Weaver lived in the house right behind hers. She claimed she never had any problems with the man nor any of his children. She said that he was not a scary guy and does remember having several conversations with him. As she said, he was no big scary monster. This story isn't all that interesting, but I was shocked to find a connection of a family member of mine to a story you've done. Since I live in Iowa, I want to travel and visit the Velisca Axe murder house and the grave of Gertrude Bansaweski. Or is it Paula? Eh, if you know, you know. One last cool thing. I'm currently writing you this story from Fredrickson Court in Ames, Iowa, where Jeffrey Dahmer lived with his father while he was obtaining his doctorate degree. P.S. I plan on writing in about another murder that happened in Ames, Iowa around two years ago as it happened not far from my apartment. I could literally see the body from my bedroom window. Oh, God. But other than that, I love you guys so much. You're all I talk about at work. I'm starting to think my coworkers are going to think I'm crazy by how often I try to retell the cool and interesting story I heard on my favorite podcast. (laughs) And then it be about demons and Ouija boards. Ash. Ash, well, we think you're cool. Hell yeah, we do. I want to go to the Velisca Axe murder house, too. Me too. Well, send in all your stories. Yeah, it's so interesting when you have those connections. Like, it makes it seem... It's real. Like, oh yes. my God, he was a real person? Like, you know he is. You know the family lived there. You know everything that happened. But it's like, oh no, he interacted with people in life. And your cousin was one of those people. Yeah, it just it just makes it so much more real. And so, yeah. like, well, sinister. Yeah. And just like she said... He wasn't some big scary monster. 
Usually they're not. Yeah. Which is what makes it that much scarier. Yeah. Think of how many people thought the Golden State Killer was some fun grandpa or, Uh you know, like just, oh my God, it's that old man who mows his lawn at blah, blah, blah. You know, and it's like, he's a serial killer. Uh Uh-huh. Well, and clearly, like, the Golden State Killer, master manipulator, like, even just trying to trick everybody that he was, like, some feeble old man that couldn't do anything because he's in a wheelchair. And then flash forward to him fucking, like, he's on a damn jungle gym climbing around his room trying to hang up stuff and, you know, clean up his jail cell. Yeah, the floor is lava. Okay, the next one. Good morning, ladies. I finally heard my sinister sightings on episode 77. Remember me talking about the old church rectory and all the things that used to follow my mom and I around? I left you on a cliffhanger. So flashback, it's 2006, and I wake up in the middle of the night to phone calls and text messages. Side note, text messages were still kind of new, so I was kind of confused as to why so many people were sending me messages. Most of the messages said things like, oh my god, so sorry. For the life of me, I couldn't figure out what they were talking about. I woke up the next morning to finally a phone call from a friend who said, I'm so sorry about D. Still confused, I asked questions. I wanted to know what was going on. D had gone to the party the night before, drank with some friends, and called me to tell me he was coming over. Knowing my mom and how that would definitely not be okay, I told him, don't come to my house. He threatened to come again in a joking way, in a very drunk way. I told him, D, don't come over. If you come over, I will never talk to you again. In a super melodramatic 16-year-old way. Well, needless to say, those are the last words I said. So sad by that never getting closure, never seeing him again, and lots of other high school drama mixed in. I'm a super sentimental person, so I went to the accident scene the day after the crash. I stole the headlights. It sat in my bedroom for many years on the shelf. When I went to the accident scene, I wore a winter jacket. After that day, I never wore that jacket again. I put it in the closet all the way in the back and moved on. Come springtime, my mom and I were cleaning out that closet. Insert an Eminem reference here. And when I touched the jacket, I fell backwards. I was legitimately pushed back. It felt like I was electrocuted. Hot waves of electricity felt like they rushed through my body. From that moment on, I would see him. Only parts of him, though. Like arms folded on my table where he used to sit, legs on a lawn chair, In my backyard, creepy, crazy, strange stuff. I knew it was him, though. I really think that when I took the headlights from the scene of the accident, a part of him followed me. Just like that was only a piece of his car, only a piece of him could visit with me. So, yeah, that's a little more of the crazy life I live. But I do have a cliffhanger, so here we go. My mom was brought to see two dead bodies from an infamous New England serial killer. Again, that's for another time. Creep it real, ladies. Oh, my gosh. Well, one, bless your heart for finding that out through, like, text that you didn't even understand. So, what I'm picturing when you say, like, arms folded on the table and legs, like, it's when you have that, like, 
peripheral vision or whatever, you know? And so, I mean, everyone has that. I'm just saying like out of your peripheral vision, you think you see something like you thought you saw someone sitting in the chair, but what you could recognize was like how he used to fold his arms or whatever, you know what I mean? And so it just kind of did that. Or you saw, you thought you saw something on the lawn chair and it reminded you of what his legs look like. I mean, that's just what I'm picturing. Right. That's so hard. Also, girl, you are probably not old enough to know this reference, but you are like Tracy Lawrence with your cliffhangers in his old music videos. (laughs) Because he would always leave it with the cliffhanger to be continued. And like we said the first time, uh, send us in that story. You keep cliffhanging and we keep asking for more. All right. Here is the last story. Hey, ladies, I just caught up to the episodes from the beginning of this year, and I heard my sinister sighting and thought I'd die via fangirling while driving that I had one of the last sinister sightings of 2019. Hashtag blessed. (laughs) (laughs) Also, hashtag synchronicity that you and the writer before had both just listened to your own story. Like, you heard your story. And uh, that you're the last one of this episode. Oh, yeah. Shit. Okay. <laughs> wow, mind blown. Shit. You said. Yeah, that. Whew. Shit. <laughs> Anyways, my previous story was when I was a dispatcher, and there was a knocker going around the county terrorizing people, which still happens time to time. But the dispatch office itself was haunted as well. The dispatch office used to house the sheriff's department, but due to someone who no longer works there, they had moved us to the old library, hospital, and slash, you know, you name it, behind the Chamber of Commerce. It was a piece of shit, y'all. There was dust and mold everywhere, along with cobwebs, and to top it off, the desk I used to work at was in a particular corner of the building That tended to flood if rainwater got too high. During the daytime, the place was dreary, but at night, it was freaking creepy. The main office was right down the hall from the comm room, and at night, it was a pitch black void. What's so scary about a dark office? Well, let me fill you in. Uh, besides every fucking thing? Right? During the building's long history, and the fact that it sits behind the Chamber of Commerce that used to hang people... A lot has happened here. Suicides, heart attacks, you name it. Plus, we believe some of the chamber's shit seeped over there, too. Sometimes our time clock would activate on its own as if it were printing something on a time card. I know, ancient technology. The horror. The toilet would flush, lights constantly flickered, doors opened and then slammed. And those were the heavy industrial doors, might I add. Computers turned on by themselves, and what was worse, you could hear voices in the static of our headsets. We've had them tested multiple times, and there was nothing wrong with them. And to back up the claims, all of our stations were constantly recording audio. If a fly farts, it records it. We've played back so much creepy shit, it'll make you quit, and many have. Where are you going? Insert name here. It's coming. Super creepy. Our names have been called from the office down the hall when no one was down there. Mostly at night when there were only two people left to defend themselves from God knows what was down there in the void. Because trust me, you could see them passing across the hall down there. 
Oh, uh-uh. <clears throat> Phantom 911, an admin calls that also came from the empty office. We've also played those back for the boss, and you can distinctly hear multiple people talking at once and our names being called. One dispatcher ran into a shadow one day, which led to, in her words, chills and nausea. Sorry this was so long, but if you'd like, I lived in a haunted house for 14 years and have plenty of interesting stories. Stay creepy, Haley F. Um, if we'd like. Uh, yes. Well, Haley, what the F? Because, uh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> that's good. Oh, God, that's good. But, yes, we need to hear all of those stories. Also, uh, good, no. That story is creepy. Like, the fact that it it's loud enough that it records it. Yeah. It's like, y'all need to be on a show. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And just the word void. Oh, gosh. Damn, that's creepy as shit. And now it's time to go to sleep. Yay. <laughs> or work the night shift in that fucking void. Oh, God. Okay, I'd rather go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, at least you get to sleep through it. Ugh. Maybe. <laughs> well, these stories were so good. I don't know why I had to sing it. I won't do it ever again, I swear. JK, I do it all the time. <laughs> yes, thank y'all so much. Like she said, so good. I'm not going to sing it because it wouldn't be so good. If you listen to these stories and you're like, oh my gosh, that happened to me too, write it in. If you listen to this and it just jogged something in your memory, let us know it. Like, send in those stories. We want to hear about it. We want to learn more about you. Hey, if you don't know where to send it in, send it in to us at aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. But most importantly, remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.